How frustrating would that be to your enemy who's trying to get you to look at your problem and think that it's too big for your God? Amen. I think sometimes we just lose our mind. And we, we, we just lose it. We just look at stuff and we think, oh, wow, that's too big. That's too powerful. That, that's too life, you know, shaking. But, but God's on our side. I said God's on our side. God loves you. He's not mad at you. We had a long talk last night. <laughs> He's not upset. He's excited about your future. And the fact that he's using your life to demonstrate Satan's defeat. That he is using your life to be a light to the world that demonstrates that with God, all things are possible. Amen. So when it comes time to sell finances, we don't worry about what we don't have. We look with faith to what God's bringing. Amen. So we get ready to give tonight, and we're going to sow financial seed. We're not messed up because we got a bill. We're blessed up because we got a God who's supplying all of our needs according to His riches. According to His riches. Amen? I don't live by what I see, but I live by the unseen. Because that which I see is temporal. i got to tell you something about my money. It's only here for a moment. But the blessing of God endureth forever. Amen? God, you know, what would happen if we just started believing the Bible? <laughs> Dr. Kane, it's finally come down to this. We're going to have to trust God. What would happen if we just believed the Bible and it said, don't, don't worry about today. You know, just just Relax. Don't worry about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow is bringing its own stuff. But just regardless of whatever situation you're in, rejoice in the Lord. Always. And again, I say rejoice. You know, that, that's, that's kind of a, uh, it, when you study that out, that's kind of a military phrase in, in the way it's put together. The words aren't necessarily uh, military term, but the the phraseology, the way it's put together, it's like it's like somebody telling you now, it's like a mom telling her child to to clean the room. Now clean your room, and I'm telling you, clean that room. When when he said rejoice in the Lord always, and again, I'm telling you, why why is it why is there so much passion in that statement? Because we get so distracted by what we see. And God's Word is teaching us, just rejoice. Rejoice. And, and I've got to press it. Rejoice. Telling you again, don't you worry. Don't you get anxious. You just do what God said to do, because when you do what He said, He'll produce what He promised. Every single time. Amen? Aren't you glad that God looks at us and says, you know what? I'm going to use these people to change this world. God's using you to change the environment that he's placed you in. He wasn't wasting time. I love the fact that when you really, when you really stop and think about it, it, that God does not waste time. He doesn't do anything without a purpose. He's not made one decision that wasn't part of his plan. So your being here is part of God's plan. I'm not talking about just being in the room. I'm talking about being on the planet. 
right? Being in the place where you are. And some of us, you know, we find ourselves in certain circumstances. We try desperately to get out of it. And God's trying desperately to use us right where we're at. Right? And tonight we get to demonstrate financial freedom. Because we, get to, we just get to do what God said to do, regardless of what's going on in our life, whether you're, whether, whether you're sweating it or rejoicing, it doesn't make any difference. We're still just obeying and doing what God said to do. And we know that our final outcome is going to be much better than our current condition. That's your amen point right there. Come on, guys, we're making tapes. <laughs> our final outcome is better than our current condition, right? So we're just going to, we're just going to obey God and do what he says, Amen. Demonstrate Satan's defeat. You ready? Got an offering in your hand? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Father, you've chosen to use our lives to demonstrate your glory. Tonight, as we release seed, Father, we ask that it would be for the glory of God. Lord, that we would just be in participation with what you're doing here in the cities and around the world and the places you lead us and and, and, and invite us to participate with you. Father, we thank you that uh, financially every family represented tonight is positioned for blessing. We thank you that because of Jesus Christ, we're free from the curse and we are breaking the back of lack. And Lord, as we sow this seed, we do it in faith, knowing that our God's going to supply all our need according to his riches and glory. So, Father, we just release it with joy because we know you love cheerful givers. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Come on, give God another hand. Thank him for the opportunity to give tonight. Amen. Don't you love to give? Amen. Did you go this week and, and, and go all through the week and try to figure out how to bring what God was pouring into you back to the kingdom? Were some of you here last week? Right? Because okay, we're not trying to get to a new level. We're trying to live a new lifestyle. Right? And, and guys, it, you know the hardest thing in the world to change is lifestyle. Right? Because, uh, you know, every action is a manifestation of a belief system. If I ask, and I'm not asking, so don't respond, okay? Don't, don't raise your hand here. But if I ask, how many of you believe reading the Bible every day is vital to your spiritual growth? Almost everybody would raise their hand. But the fact of the matter is, is that that's, that's because we are really easily moved to justify ourselves. The fact is, is that a lot of us don't really believe that. Because if you really believed it, you'd really do it. If we found out how many actually do it every day, then the numbers are drastically different from those who say they believe it's vital. And see, you, if you're not doing it, you don't really believe it. You don't really believe in, until, until you're acting on it. Until you, until, you know, every action's a manifestation of a belief system. You might think you have a belief system, but you just have the abbreviation. You just got BS. Right? You, you, just, you just got something going on that, that justifies your lazy lifestyle. And, uh, and you, you, you say you know, stupid stuff like, well, when I read the Bible, I just don't get it. That's, that's no excuse. See, the fact is, is that we got to be people of the Word. We, I said, we got to be people of the word. Yeah. Amen. You got, you got to be in that book. You got to be, you got to be studying and, and, uh, uh, pressing in and, and, and seeking God's way. See, remember Matthew six thirty three, that it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right 
First thing, first thing you're looking for. How would God have me do this? How would God have me walk through this situation in life? What, what does God want me to say? What, is, what choice does God want me to make? I seek first His kingdom and His way of doing and being right. Then everything else is added to me. The stuff that I'm normally making my decisions based upon because it's my, you know, my desires and, and my plan and my goal. God, God's literally saying that if you just trust me and seek me, all these things you're worried about would, would come to you. But, but we go about life backwards and we think that, that we've got a justifiable excuse. But see, the reality is, is that it doesn't take any, any great wisdom to understand that mankind has lived separated from God for a long time. And we think we got it down. But God's way is different than the secular way. Right? But if you're not careful, remember, you just go through life habitually without even thinking about it, and you end up doing it the way we've always done it. But God's trying to get us to do it His way so He can bring to us His promise. I love the Amplified, you know, where it says, you know these scriptures, it says, ask and it shall be given, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened. It says, ask and keep on asking, seek and keep on seeking, knock and keep on knocking. And we think in, in our mindset, if we're not careful, see, we think that that just means to repeat what we've always done. Do, just do it again. Do it again. Do it again. That, that's not productive. That, that's irritating. Uh, but when you seek and keep on seeking, it's because, look, if you've tried something and it's not producing the right result, just keep searching. If you keep searching the Word of God, it's going gonna, it's gonna to begin to direct you. Ask and keep on asking. See, keep, keep developing that prayer life. Come on, now ask and keep on asking. Keep pressing in. One of these days, you're going you're gonna to connect with a scripture that's going to line you up with what it is you're asking for, and suddenly you're going to move from ineffective to effective prayer. Think about it for just a minute. There's some things that you do, and you do them really well. You're good at it. I mean, you're, you're good. In your, in your eyes, you're great. Right? <laughs> you, you know what I've noticed? Then this is just, just, I've just noticed this, Glenn, that every once in a while, every once in a while, it, almost anybody can hit a good golf shot. <laughs> but to repeat that on a consistent basis, right? And that's another story. And every once in a while, we've gotten a prayer answered. But to, to have a consistent uh, effectiveness in prayer. Well, you got to keep at it. So you ask and keep on asking and keep on praying and keep on knocking. And, and if that don't open, go to the next door, knock on that. And that scripture isn't just right working. Well, let's move down a couple of verses and let's, let's start knocking on that. And let's press in until we've trained ourselves to, and developed ourselves to live life God's way. Amen. And we talked last week that part of that is instead of living to get, we gotta, we gotta learn to live to give. We gotta go out all week long and be excited that God is putting us in places where they're actually making investments in us. So that we can bring that wisdom, that insight, that revelation, those resources, more than money. Way more than money. But we can bring all that, that we're learning and figure out how to use that for the kingdom of God. 
You know, really, we, we get all consumed with all kinds of other stuff. But the fact is, is that it really boils down to just two simple things. All we've got to do is learn to trust God and love people. Right? That sounds easy. But those are the two hardest things in the world sometimes to do. You know, I'm getting to the point where I don't have too much trouble trusting God, but loving people, some of them people, man, they're unlovely. <laughs> I love them right upside the head. You know, just, I, I don't want to love them to death, if you know what I mean. But the reality is, is that, you, you know, when we live to give, when, when we realize that God's going to lead me into situations this week, that the only purpose is so that I can see things, recognize things, pick up things, and bring it back to, to, to the kingdom of God to help advance the kingdom. And that I, I, I've got to live above my circumstances because if I don't, all of a sudden my circumstances start making my decisions. Hard to trust God when I'm worried about the bills. Hard to trust God when I'm dealing with family issues. It's hard to trust God. Now, I didn't say we're not dealing with family issues. I said we're not letting those things determine our future. Right? We're living above the circumstances. That pressure, that pressure, you know, without, without pressure. Uh, wouldn't it be nice if you could go through life without pressure? No, it wouldn't. If you really believe that, before you go home tonight, we're going to let the air out of the tires of your car. Life, you know, without pressure, that, that's flat. Right? And some of you, in the spirit, you we know you're flat. We've got to get you repaired so we can get you pumped up. Right? That pressure, that pressure that we're trying to get away from is actually good for you. You know, it's like the strings on the guitars up here. Without that tension, we, we wouldn't have music. It's just, it's just, sing with me. You know, and it just ain't quite the same. And, you know, and what, and what was the third thing? You know, the third thing was look past what's right in front of you. You're dealing with stuff right now, but it's not the end. We're not dealing with the end. We're in the middle. So don't get all consumed with where you are. Realize God's taking you somewhere. And you've you, you got to conquer where you're at. You've got to demonstrate Satan's defeat where you're at. But don't get, don't get too firmly rooted in where you are because God's going to move you into, into the next stage, into the next position of effectual opportunity. And you, you don't want to be hyper-focused on stuff that isn't going to be around for a long time. You know, it's so strange, uh, you know, just all the different stages of life but you know I, I can remember when we were bringing boys home from the hospital you know and we just had the babies and now they're we're, we're at the stage where they're they're leaving the house and they're they're going different ways and and those stages of life you know I, I i'm praying really for shelby because it's it's probably more difficult for a woman who's spent all of this time and all of this effort and, you know, educating and resourcing herself to, to mother the children in the house and then to transition from that to the next, uh, you know, to the next phase of life and, and to know how to, how to successfully move into a better thing. Some of us, we've been doing something for a long time and God's trying to phase us out. Why? Well, because you're growing up and the things that, 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 are, that, are, that you've spent all this time developing, those things are now kind of running on their own and God wants you to continue to be effective. Right? So we, we really can't be afraid of change. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not afraid. <laughs> Look back at him and say, then change. <laughs> 
I got, I, I got, you know, this week has just been really awesome and, and, uh, I can just sense God, you know, you know, I don't know. There's just times you go through different fights and different, uh, you know, warfares and different struggles. And when you break through and you, and you realize, oh, whoa, we, okay, that, that's what that warfare was about. See, God's, God's about ready to take us someplace. And even though we didn't recognize it, the enemy could tell there was a door open. The Bible says that there's a great and effectual door open unto me. And there are many adversaries, King James says, and the words there are in italics, which means they added those words to help it make sense. So in the original text, what it says is there's a great and effectual door open unto me and many adversaries. So in other words, not only did Paul see a great effectual door, a great door of effective opportunity, not only did he see it, but so did his enemy. And since his enemy saw it, his enemy was fighting to prevent him to get through it. And he said that because of that fight, I'm pressing through that door. I'm, I'm not backing off because it's hard. I'm pressing in because it just got tough. It must be valuable, right? There's a reason hell's attracted to you, and it's not because you're that spiritual, right? It's, you know, you're just not that gifted. No, hell's attracted to you at times and really does great warfare to keep you where you are because the last thing they need is you crossing the threshold to where God's taken you. And this week, is I've just been sensing in my spirit. I hope you guys are ready. We're, we're, we're taking some more steps now. We're going to press through, and, and this lifestyle change is going to be good for us. Hello? Right? Why? Well, because we're going to be finding people who are far from God and leading them to a place where they're close to God and equipping them to live a life of victory with and for God. We're going to be elevating people from, from, from the miry clay. We're reaching out and lifting them up and helping them get their feet on the rock. Right? It takes a different lifestyle. It takes a different lifestyle. And tonight, I, I, I just have a couple points that the Spirit of God has dropped in my spirit. But to, even tonight, uh, you know, Pope and I were praying. It's pretty cool when you get to pray with the Pope. But uh, Pope and I were praying. And, and in my spirit, I can tell that if we, just, if we can wrap our heart and our mind just around this, that it has the potential really to change everything. And it's really, you know, I, I just got to tell you right up front, it's not all that deep. But it has, it has the potential to change everything. And I, I hope you're ready for everything in your world to change. Right? And people sitting next to you are ready for everything in your world to change. Let's see if you are. All right. So the, the, first, thing, the first thing that I just felt led of the Spirit to just share and to remind you, and again, you know this, but Proverbs 23, 7 Look at this, Proverbs 23, 7. It says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. You know, there's, there's a, di- a couple different ways of phrasing this, but the reality is, is that the way you think determines the way you see, and the way you see determines the way you live, right? So your, your thought life, if we think wrong, we're going to see wrong. If we see wrong, we're going to live wrong. And so we've got to just make it a, a, a priority in our life, that, well, I'm going to think right. I'm, I'm going to think right. Now, again, that's kind of like I'm going to trust God. That means that you're going to have to be conscious and aware of the decisions you're making. Because your decisions, when you say, I'm trusting God, have got to be based on the Word of God. And you're going to, you know, you're going to have a, 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 a action that manifests your belief. I can trust God. Now, you've got to think right, which means you've got to take every thought captive. You got to make it line up with the Word of God. You can't. Well, you know, I, just what I think doesn't matter. What what you think matters. You do not have the luxury to think anything you want. 
Not if we're going to live God's lifestyle. If we're going to live the lifestyle of Zoe, then we can't think anything we want. We've got to think right. See, a lot of us, we want to blame the condition and the, and the product of our life on what's going on around us. But the Bible teaches us better than that. It says, no, as a man thinketh, so is he. You are producing how you think. It's manifesting in your life. Right? Somebody say amen. amen. I, I know we don't, we don't, we don't want to own that. But it's ours. See, you, you, you might go through some stuff that's just, it, it, it just is, it has nothing to do with you. It's not your fault. It's, just, it's satanically, you know, it finds its origin in, in hell. But when you come out the other side, see, how you think determines how you're going to come out. It's not what's going on, but it's how you put your mind to it. Because if I'm thinking right, I'm going to be seeing right. And when I'm seeing right, I'm going to be living right. Look at Isaiah 55, 6. Seek the Lord while I can be found. It's really important that we understand that there, there, there are moments in every situation when God's right there. But the more you think about your problem, the farther you become separated from God. You know, it, it would behoove us, that's kind of a cool word, it would behoove us to seek God early instead of late. You know, at the beginning of a trial, test, or temptation, instead of in the middle or at the end. Seek Him while it's easy to find. Call upon Him while He's near. You keep thinking wrong, you're going to get farther and farther separated. There's a way that seems right, but it's going to separate you. Right? So call on him while he's near. Don't let this thing separate you more and more every day, but seek him early and call on him right now. Look at verse 7. You know these scriptures. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy upon him. Let the wicked forsake his way. I know we like to say we're weak, but King James instead of weak always uses the word wicked. It sounds pretty harsh, but the reality is, is that living life your way is wicked in the eyes of God. So forsake your ways and the unrighteous man, that's the man who's not doing life God's way, but he's doing it his way. Remember, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. So if righteousness is doing it God's way, unrighteousness is doing it your way. And we've got to forsake our thoughts. We have to be willing to stop thinking the way we've been thinking. You know, all of our lives, you, all of us have heard about stinking thinking. And, and you know, and it, it just makes for really cute little bumper stickers and stuff. But the reality is, is that we're still doing it. Because it is not easy to change the way you think. It's easy to justify the way you think to the pain you've endured. Things people have said and done and circumstances you've experienced, those were real. And they produced real marks on your life. So it's easy to think the way the world thinks. It's not easy to forsake that and say, well, as for me and my house, 
We're serving the Lord. It's not easy to remind ourselves every day. Well, God says I'm going over. God promised that none of these weapons formed against me were going to prosper. So I'm going to think on that. There's been some weapons formed, but I'm going to remind myself to think this way. They won't prosper. Looks like they're prospering. They will not prosper. Feels like they're prospering. They cannot prosper. Well, you look like you've lost your mind. I have, and I have received the mind of Christ. Run back to God. He'll have mercy on you and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Oh, I like that. Abundantly pardon. Uh, Why do we need that? Well, because we've screwed up so much. We've messed some stuff up, but he's going to have mercy, and we're going to be abundantly pardoned. Look at verse 8. My thoughts aren't your thoughts, neither your ways my ways, saith the Lord. That's not a put down. That's an invitation. You can think like God thinks. Look at verse 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Do you realize you can think like God thinks? You can think like God thinks. Do you really think that God is in heaven tonight thinking like you? I don't think God's thinking, I wish he'd hurry up. I don't think God's looking at our situation thinking, uh-oh. He's thinking a different way. Well, to live God lifestyle, we've got to think like God thinks. Amen? I'm going to think like God. I'll think about that. Some of us just have trouble thinking. Now we're supposed to think like God. Well, I think the Word says that God doesn't do anything without first revealing it to His prophets. So He might not be getting permission, but He ain't doing nothing in secret. God don't need your permission, but he ain't afraid to tell you what's going on. Well, that's the way I need to start thinking. I need to think like God thinks. Amen. What's that next verse say? Verse 10. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and making it bring forth in bud that it might give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. God's got a plan. That God's got a purpose. You know, one of the things I'm learning is that the way God does some things is usually the way he does everything. There's always a plan, there's always a purpose, and there's always a process. Look at the next verse. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It will not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. This may be a shock to some of us, but God doesn't really care what you think. His word is going to produce exactly what he sent it forth to accomplish. So as I learn to think like God thinks, I start thinking like God thinks, I realize that what I need to add to that now is number two, I've got to start speaking right. I'm going to be thinking right 
so I can speak right? Why is it so vital that I think right so that I can learn to speak right? Right? I'm going to live God's style. I think God's style of living is probably luxurious. He's God. So if I'm going to line up with that, I've got to think right. Now I've got to start speaking right. Look at Proverbs 15, 26. You can go find all kinds of scripture that will just establish this for your life. The thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord. But the words of the pure are pleasant. One translation says that the words of the pure are very pleasing to the Lord. The words of the pure. When your words are now lining up with His words, and the only way that's going to happen is because you've lined your thoughts up with His thoughts. Now I'm thinking right, now I start speaking right, and because I'm speaking right, my words are pleasing to God. Well, God's already told you what's pleasing to Him about words. They're words that have powerful effect. They're words that don't return void. They're words that accomplish the very thing that they're sent out to accomplish. God's Word has incredible power. Hello? He sent His Word and healed them. His Word has power. His Word, how do we overcome? By the blood of the Lamb and the Word of our testimony. Your Word. Why does the enemy... Work so hard to keep you thinking wrong so that you'll be seeing wrong, living wrong, talking wrong. Because your talk life actually is lining up with your thought life. And if you're thinking wrong, you're speaking wrong. But if you start thinking right, you can start speaking right. And when you start speaking right, now you're not using your words to describe things. You're using your words to change things. You're getting more and more like God now. God looked out there and saw it was dark, and he didn't say, sure is getting dark in here. He said, let there be light. God didn't say what he saw, but he saw what he said. So now we start speaking right, and our words are pleasing to God. We're going to really demonstrate Satan's defeat, and we're really going to live at a place of insane victory. We've got to think right. Because there really is warfare. There really are, you know, fiery darts that we need the shield of faith to quench. Right? You, you know, just kind of a side note, that shield of faith that they were describing that quenches the fiery darts. It, it, back in the day, they had these darts. They, were, they weren't arrows. They're just darts. They're, they're smaller than an arrow. And they weren't intended to kill you. What they do is they take these short little arrows and they dip them in tar and set them on fire. And they became fiery darts. And, and they learned that when they shot the fiery dart and, and it penetrated your flesh, that you would drop whatever was in your hand to pull out that fiery dart. Very, very few people just stood there all lit up. You know, so everybody's dropping what they are. So they, say, so they came up with a shield that was covered with... with uh, uh, What's the word I'm thinking of? What's the stuff? It's like bamboo reeds, and and, and the the darts would go into that, and they would, and they, you know, and they could continue to press forward. They didn't have to drop everything. That's what your faith does. Your faith. See, the enemy's shooting some stuff at you. It wasn't intended to kill you. It's just to get you to drop your faith. 
There's a lot of junk that you're dealing with on a daily basis. It's all it is, is junk. It, 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 it's, not, it's not life and death. And that's where, if we're not thinking right, we think that it doesn't matter. Yes, it does, because it's going to get you to walk away from your faith, which is your ability to obey regardless of the consequence. So I've got to think right, and I've got to speak right. I've got to start saying what God says. Yeah, but I just don't see it. Well, we don't live by what we see. The doctor said, I'm going to die, and I don't feel very good. Well, God's Word says, I will not die, but live and declare the goodness of His King. We've got a man in this church that was told just six or nine months ago, it's over. That thing that's going on in your body, in your blood, the cells fighting against each other, they're going to wipe out every organ in your body. You're going to become progressively weaker. You're going down, and there is nothing anybody can do for you. There is no cure for your disease. And instead of going to the computer to study his disease, he came in and started getting Scripture to study. And last week they told him, we may have made a mistake. Well, you can think how you want to think or you can think like God thinks. Right? But I, I, tell you, I tell you, as a church, what we're going to do, we're just going to start thinking God thoughts and saying God sayings. Right? And if it doesn't make any sense to anybody else, that's okay. They're nuts. We're just going to believe God. Get in agreement with God. So I've got to think right. I've got to speak right. So I can aim right. See, because if, if you're thinking wrong, you're seeing wrong. And you're speaking wrong. And if you're thinking and speaking wrong, your, your target's off. You're trying to accomplish things that aren't even your role. You're trying to fulfill things. You're, trying, you're, you're battling battles. That's not even your fight. You're, you're, you're running in races. That, that ain't even your race, let alone your lane. So i got to aim right. Look at your neighbor and say, aim right. So I'm going to think right. I'm going to speak right. I'm going to aim right. Okay? So let's take one more verse and apply it here. Habakkuk 2.2. Look at this. And the Lord answered me and said, this is an answer from God. This guy was praying and talking to God, and I need an answer. And God answered him and said, here's what you're going to do. You're going to write the vision and engrave it so plainly upon tablets that everyone who passes may be able to read it easily and quickly as he hastens by. In other words, he said, what I want you to do is write the vision for your life so clear that there's no way anybody passing you could possibly misunderstand it. So in other words, you are now going to make a commitment to the thoughts and the words that are coming out of your life. Now it's going to be right in front of you. Contract. Write the vision. Well, what's the vision? Well, you got a copy in your lap. What's God saying? What's God thinking? What's the vision for my house? Well, I'll tell you what. I go to the Word of God and I find out what God's vision for my house is. Isaiah thirty-two eighteen says, My people shall dwell in a peaceful habitation, a secure dwelling, a quiet resting place. Well, that's the vision for my house. Well, then write it down. Make it plain. Okay, we're going to have peace in our house. And anybody hastening by with the last name of Fields? 
can look at it and realize, ooh, we're having peace in here. We're committed to peace. What's God's vision for your body? That you would live in health. By His stripes, we were healed. I'm healed. What's God's vision for your finances? Well, that you would prosper. Increase. All your needs would be supplied. That's His vision. Now, maybe in your house you got debt, but God's vision for, you, for your life is that you would owe no man nothing except to love him. So I'm going to start thinking, well, now, what do I do if i got a, a, a mountain of debt? But the vision that God has for my house is that I'd be debt free. Well, I'm going to start thinking like God thinks. It's pretty important that I hurry up because my thoughts are going to determine my emotions. My emotions are going to make my choices. My choices are going to, you know, you, you know the process. They're going to, my choices are going to determine my actions. My actions are going to determine my habits. My habits are going to determine my character. My character is going to determine my final outcome. I better start thinking what God says about my debt. And so because if I start thinking right, I'll start speaking right, I'll start living right, and I'll probably whack up the credit cards get myself educated how to how to move from debt into a place of financial freedom. I might even show up for financial freedom. Hello? But I'm going to make a commitment. I'm going to think right. I'm going to think what God thinks, that I'm not going to live controlled by debt. I'm going to live in a place of freedom. I'm going to talk that way. I'm not broke. I'm not poor. I'm blessed. I'm blessed of God. I, I'm, I'm going to stop saying I can't afford to obey God, and I'm going to start agreeing with God that I have strength for all things. I'm ready for and equal to anything that comes my way through Christ who's infusing me with an inner strength. I can do what God's told me to do. I can afford to do what God said to do. And I'm going to write it, and I'm going to make it plain. I'm living debt-free. I'm a giver. I live to give. I love to give. I'm going to make it plain. So tonight we're going to help you. I'm going to have the ushers come real quick, and we're going to hand out a very incredible tool for you to use tonight. Be very careful with these. I thought about putting something really pretty on here and making it cool, but it says make it plain. And I'm going to ask you... To take these, hey, Joe, can I get one? Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to prayerfully. Now, don't just start writing and don't, don't cover it up in little tiny letters. Remember, it's got to be big. So that when you hang it on the mirror or on the fridge or wherever you're hanging it, that you, not only you, but everybody who walks by is going to see it. You're going to write the vision. Where, where do you want to demonstrate Satan's defeat in your life? Where, where, where's the most? Finances, health, mental, on the job. Maybe, maybe you're unemployed, but you know that God said, you know what? It, yeah, I'm supposed to be working, producing. He, he gave me a mind to work. Uh, so what's the vision? What, what am I going to write on here? The place where I'm going to demonstrate Satan's defeat. And then you're going to carry it out and you're going to hang it up. And you're going to start thinking God thoughts about this area of your life. And you're going to get into agreement with God. And if you don't know what God has to say about it, well, seek and ye shall find. 
And if you don't find it immediately, then keep on seeking until you find the Word of God that you can get into agreement with in this area of your life. And maybe, maybe you're here tonight and, and cancer is, is just tearing your body apart. Well, I think this might be a good time to start thinking what God thinks about physical health, physical healing. Get the Word of God and say, I will not die but live and declare the goodness of my King. By whose stripes I am healed. I am healed. This is my vision. I'm going to live about 45 more years uh, of demonstrating Satan's defeat. And then I'm going to take the next 30 years and talk about something else. But for this next 45 years, I'm just going to talk about how God healed me. After 45 years, it's kind of old news. But after that, I'll move on to something else. But for the next 45 years, all I'm going to talk about is how I'm supposed to be dead. Hello? You're going to write the vision. You're going to think right. You're going to speak right. And you're going to write right. What does God, don't, don't write down what you think. Write down what God thinks. And I'm here tonight to tell you that by the Spirit, God told me that there are some things in some lives and in some homes that need to change. That people need supernatural intervention and they don't need it tomorrow. They actually needed it yesterday. And if you'll do this little exercise, that it has the potential to change everything in your life. It won't occur if you just continue to think the way that you've always thought, to talk the way that you've always talked, and not really make a commitment to post it and say, okay, it's for me and my house. We're serving God. All my children shall be taught of the Lord. Great shall be the peace of my children. Maybe that's what you're going to write on here because I'm going to write the vision. All my children shall be taught of the Lord. Maybe that's what you're going to write is Acts 16.31 that When I put my entire trust in the Master Jesus, I live life the way I'm supposed to, and my entire house too. And I'm going to post it. Not only so I can see it, not only so Shelb can see it, not only so the boys can see it, not only so company can see it, but I'm going to post it so the devil can see it. And he can see me seeing it. And he can see me smiling when I see it. Because I'm in agreement with what God said. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for you. Close your book. Bow your head. Father, I just thank you tonight that your word has the power and the potential to change everything in our life. Lord, I thank you that not one of us have to go through life victimized by a defeated enemy. Tonight, we rise up. We are going to change the way we think in every realm of life and align ourselves to thinking like you think. Father, you're going to teach us your ways. We're going to learn to speak what you say. We're going to say what you say. We're going to say what you say. And, Lord, we are going to post it in our home, in our workplace, everywhere that we go. We're going to make a a commitment to the vision. We're going to make it plain. We're demonstrating Satan's defeat. We're finding people who are far from you, and we're walking them to a place where they're close to you. Father, we are reaching into the jaws of hell itself and rescuing suffering humanity and bringing them to salvation knowledge. We are loving people who without you in our life we wouldn't care about for a moment. But, Father, we are going to make a difference. Our life is going to impact this region and this world. We thank you, Father, that what you're doing in us 
is important to you. It, it's important to heaven. And we have all the resources of the kingdom to accomplish your purpose in the place that you've placed us. So Father, we just thank you tonight that our lives are never going to be the same again. While your head's bowed and your eyes are closed, I want to ask you, if you're here tonight and you do not have relevant relationship with God, don't leave this room in that condition. If you have not allowed Jesus Christ to take his place on the throne of your life, don't live another day separated from God. God's life is way better than life that you can produce without him. In just a moment, we're all going to pray a prayer together. If you're here tonight and you're not right with God, I don't care how many times you've prayed the sinner's prayer or if you never have, that's not the issue. The issue is, are you right with God? If you're ready to surrender your life, allow Him to take His place in your life as the ruler, as the king, as Lord. Let this be your prayer. If that's you, we're not going to call you out. We're not going to embarrass you. But if that's you and you're here tonight and you say, okay, I'm ready. I'm going to receive real life. I'm going to let God change me from the inside out. I'm going to surrender my life and accept His. This is my prayer. While no one's looking around, real quick, I just want you to hold your hand up and say, Tom, that's me. Pastor, this is my prayer. I'm praying this tonight. This is real. Thank you. Somebody else, this is my prayer tonight. I'm getting real with God because I need God to be real in my life. Thank you, sir. You can put them down. Somebody else, just, this, this is my prayer. I mean it. I'm coming after it tonight. I want God to change the way I think. I need God to help me change the way I speak. Thank you. I need God to, thank you. I need God to uh, unfold vision in my life, His vision for my life. I want God's vision for my life. All right, everybody in the room, pray this with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. I forsake my ways, my thoughts, and I return to the Lord. I run to you, Father. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Give me hope. Give me vision. Give me strength. I'm going to live for you every day of my life. And I'm going to live a life that humiliates hell. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Come on, let's stand and give the Lord one more hand tonight. Thank Him. Father, we celebrate You.